Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Edge Radio R&B with Creamy G right here this evening of a Monday night. Just having a couple of technical difficulties as per usual. Um, just talk amongst yourselves for a second. All right, tonight, this evening, we have on R&B with Creamy G a special guest tonight. This man... Needs no introduction, but I will give a little bit of an introduction. He's won many uh, turntablist uh, competitions, gotten many accolades in his time. I'll fill out the rest later, but for, t- for now, on the other microphone this evening, we have with you Mr. DJ Damesa. What's up? Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate right. it. Yeah, yeah. How are we doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty cold on walk in. Yeah. Enjoying the, the Tassie freshness. Uh-huh. The state that we love. That's it. Right, so um gonna get into it. Um You've won some uh, you've won some competitions in your time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been known to enter some battles from time to time. So I get <laughs> the first one was uh two thousand and five. I went in the um, Australian DMCs. Right. And uh yeah, uh, that was fourth place, I think I got in that one. So that was your first foray into... Yeah, that, into my first foray into um, showing off all the trick factors, I guess. Yeah. Um, also, I've been entered Red Bull 3 style over the years. Um, also, there's a Australian battle known as Wax Wars, which I was Australian champion in 2013 and 14, back to back. Back to back, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I got a list here, and I'm going to run through it. Matt, <laughs> <laughs> Matt, yeah. So I I didn't know about the 2005, but in 2006 you got third place in the DMC finals. Yeah. In all of Australia, which is pretty massive. Representing Tassie as well. Yeah, That's back in cool. the in the days of when it was all on vinyl still. And and the turntablist movement was still raw and, and large. Yeah, it was huge. It was it. I remember um, going to Hi-Fi Bar in Melbourne and and seeing the size of the venue. Yeah. And just being like, oh. This is a, this is decent. This is a thing. Yeah, and yeah. Um, you know, and that was like you know, nearly a thousand people, I think, there for that battle. And yeah, right. it was yeah, the, and sort of that was at the, the the peak when when it was really popping off. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, it's kind of a little bit more niche these days, but things like Red Bull Three Style, which was only like what 2015. So yeah, that's that's when that started, and that and that's popped off now. That was a big worldwide comp, and that sort of brought a lot more attention back to uh the spotlight of the, yeah, the, the turntablist yeah, yeah and the, and the competition sort of factor yeah 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 the braggy dosho bit <laughs> <laughs> i was just i was actually listening to a few um few of your things and even some of dj crazes and just the intros alone like that whole thing is it's a thing for the, the oh yeah it's like putting your, yourself up there yeah generally it's i guess it's it's like a show people uh, like mm. people tend to remember like the beginning something in the middle yeah and the end and the ending yeah so if you have a, like a real powerful intro and you know do your thing and then finish also with a bang it's kind of yeah that, yeah. that was some good advice i got well it's almost like telling a story you got the intro the middle and the, yeah. And the end yeah i always i've always um focused pretty heavily on intros as well and, and yeah. even to just like just normal shows and stuff i always feel like an intro is a, a big part of it well it's putting yourself out there yeah, yeah. this is this is what i'm doing sort of thing um, 2007, you received Triple J's next crop selection for hip hop group with Medusu for Medusu and Damesa. Yeah, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that was uh, shout outs to Earthboy, Tim Levinson. Yeah, kind of 
pushed us in into that that world and yeah we got got nominated for that and had a our first sort of taste of radio play and and yeah cool cool getting shows on the big island and stuff like that so that's branching out from just doing djing isn't it that's sort of like collaborating and, and doing musical stuff with with other artists and yeah and productions. Uh, so medusa tom and i when we sort of formed the duo we had a, a big focus on it being a duo like a yeah you know I, I was as much of a part of it as he was mm. so we, even when it came to producing like he, he would produce all the beats but i would always sit over his shoulder being like you know, kind of like a DJ Khaled, like, no, do that, do this, do that. Hope us <laughs> 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 DJ Khaled, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also, yeah, in the shows and stuff, like my DJ part of it was a very, you know, strong part of the shows as well. And I also Absolutely. used to, to jump on the mic with him and do all, all the all the backups and the sort of hype man stuff as well. Unfortunately, I never got to see them, but I can imagine there would have been a lot of energy going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was was all, uh, we got sort of that was sort of where we built our rep was in the live shows, and I think that's that's always carried over into my my DJing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unreal. Um, and you also <laughs> formed. Wait, uh, with him you also formed and DJ Grotesque was it? Yeah, it was uh, Heads of State. Is that what you? Uh, no, I was going to actually mention. Support local underground talent productions. Yeah, slut productions. <laughs> slut productions. <laughs> we, we were young and <laughs> thought that was a great acronym. Still hard. is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was um, DJ Grotesque's sort of brainchild. He he uh, used to run a lot of uh, open mic nights and hip hop events, and would bring touring artists down and stuff. So he was he was Sweet. a bit of a godfather in in helping the scene a lot. That's really cool, especially for for a smaller town like Hobart around yeah. that, that time as well. And um, he wanted to sort of really get into the the business side of it and we formed yeah that sort of collective and we would release all all of our music on the, on that label and and then sort of turn all of the show money and and touring money and uh like sales into like a business model where we we would actually be able to to build more and more on it which no one had really sort of no no one's i mean really pushing. like in the hip-hop or, or yeah, sort of yeah, that yeah. scene no one had really sort of taken it so did you Seriously. did you turn to anyone for guidance in that, or was that just like, oh, let's fumble our way through it and see what can happen? Definitely, just to fumble our way through it and and wow. see what can happen, and really throw cool. as much stuff at the wall and see what's going to stick. stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good way to do it, man. <laughs> That's very uh, grassroots movement type shit there. Um, in two thousand nine, you got the ABC Amplified Awards for Best DJ and Best Urban Funk Hip Hop categories. Yeah, so the the Best DJ one was uh, just me, but and then the Best Urban and funk hip-hop was with medusa right yeah yeah so you're really pushing it like around those few years that's um yeah it, yeah getting yourself out there and a lot of drive and ambition and yeah it was the sort of thing like we we really wanted to take it yeah. as seriously as we could and and because we would we would get you know support shows with with all of our sort of peers in the the scene or whatever when they would come to tassie and we're like we want to be doing what they're doing but, yeah yeah but the other way around you know yeah, and yeah. no one had really sort of pushed to go the other way because it, it i mean being a small town it, a lot of people in the scene would have been able to get support gigs and stuff like that which is not uh, it's still a mean yeah. feat to get them but yeah you're right so to push yourself to be on the other side that's that's some drive that's really cool yeah and and you know landing things like being able to tour the mainland with uh draft on the who am i tour that was the, the sort of first yeah, like oh cool. shit we're yeah. actually over on the over big the island and uh, we're, we're doing it and yeah, making yeah. it happen and yeah yeah that's unreal um and then 
cut forward a few years to 2014-15, as you mentioned, you took uh, first place both years for the Wax, Wax Wars comp. And then the following year in 2016, you landed third place in the Australian Red Bull three-style competition. Yeah, uh, that was... Um, uh, I'd taken a, a bit of a hiatus because uh, in that time I'd formed a duo with my brother doing um, like a live DJ visual, yep. like live art thing. The acumen. Yeah, yep. and then after that I, I also had a, a pretty serious ear injury. Uh, really? Know, yeah, I blew out my eardrum really, really badly. <laughs> Shit, dude. <laughs> um, Was that from, if you don't mind me asking, from like uh, DJing? And no, no, it's music. a really, really lame story, actually. <laughs> uh, I was horsing around with um, Dundee, who's still kicking it and making, you know... Kicking it well. Making a big name for himself. And um, we were horsing around at the pub one night, and uh, we got into some silly, like, slap fight. Right. And I slapped him, and he went to slap me back and missed and hit me in the ear. Are you serious? Yeah, and actually, like, completely destroyed my Oh, my, my God, ear. dude. Yeah, and I had to take, like, uh, I think it was, like, 10 months. That is a proper slap. Like yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I had to take, like, 10 months off sort of being around the, those sort of environments and stuff. And dude. So I took a bit of a hiatus from that, and then... Um, yeah, got pushed back into one of my good friends. Sort of pushed me back into it, and it's like, no, nah, you've got more to do. Get, yeah, get back into it. Yeah. Well, hats off to your friend, man, because uh, you kept kept pushing, and you've been pushing pretty hard since. Um, so I wanted to ask. So I heard, I read that um, the Wax Wars comp, you won the Pioneer DJM S Nine. I did. It was I read on Reddit actually. <laughs> yeah. Comp- uh, it was so that was the second year, um, yeah. and that was like a big. You know, big prize sort of thing. Yeah, big change in in uh, like our our gear that we we would use, and that was like a a new you know all, right. all bells and whistles on it. And uh, yeah, yeah. And that Pioneer were a big sponsor of the battle that year. And when we got there, we we thought it was just going to be the prize to win at, at the end of the battle, but we a- we're actually competing on those mixes. So it was a bit of a Sick. like oh, we're using something that no one's ever really used before and. And so they were, they were quite fresh at that time. Yeah, they they just dropped like a couple of months oh, before. Wow. Yeah. yeah, right. Cool. I still have it. Uh, still <laughs> yeah, it's in the repair shop at the moment. It's still my baby. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah, of course you're going to keep that. That's, that's yeah, I, I know, you know, it's been superseded uh, earlier this year by the S11, but um, been, yeah, I, sti- I still use it. It's held out a while, but yeah. between versions. Pioneer do that. They they um they don't upgrade things unless it's it's sort of a a big change, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did actually, that's a good little segue into um, certain gear that you'd like to use, little things that you don't like about things. Like what's your, is Piney your go-to? I mean, they are the, the stalwarts, the standard in the industry for DJing. but They, they are definitely, because um, most sort of clubs or bars or festivals that you play are going to have Pioneer you know, gear because that's what everyone uses. Uh, I, I did use rain mixes for quite a long time. Yeah. And did uh, you find that was like, the turntablist sort of mixer or yeah yeah, yeah there was because Vestax was a thing for a while a Japanese company and they, they made some really good scratch mixes uh, but then they can't they went they ended up going bankrupt actually legit yeah and so they stopped manufacturing things so, and then Rain took over and then uh, right. when um, the uh, like the digital side being like using laptops and, and connecting all that sort of stuff up yeah uh, Rain with you know on sort of, of on top of it and pioneers and with Serato and stuff and they would release mixes that had 
all of the Serato built into them. So that was uh, I used those for years and years, and then the yeah Pioneer decided to really try and smash rain out of the park and they kind of have yeah. a to, a, a, to a certain degree yeah i mean rain's still killing it with it but yeah and i th- look it's it's like you could have the argument with guitarists about or mm. you know any you know, yeah, yeah what any brand yeah what amp do you prefer or what strings do you f- it's really comes down to sort of personal preference like what i love and will use forever someone else might hate yeah for sure and just be like man why are you doing it like that yeah yeah, yeah. well that's the thing i think also with like production as well a lot of people say ableton's the best or logic's the best or pro tools whatever it's it's generally what you pick up and what you spend time learning is what is good for you sort of thing yeah like the it it could be like the holden versus ford (laughs) argument (laughs) (laughs) it's not getting into that one (laughs) no it's 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 i think it's tesla all the way anyway (laughs) yeah absolutely it's a matter of personal preference um really but there are generally like a few companies that are for sure that are making the really good kit yeah yeah and putting the r and r sort of yeah into it r and d i should say um speaking of home production um i heard a little rumor that you well we were chatting earlier and we we're talking about um that i played with an mc 101 and rolling gear and stuff and you mentioned that you came across a mc 505 yeah i still i still have that i I go through periods of of like kind of hoarding gear, yeah, and then selling it and yeah. to get other stuff. Um, yeah, and so I have that that groove box from the I think it was mid mid nineties, mm-hmm. and it just has all the the, the, best the cheesy acid house <laughs> and all that I mean, all those sounds in it. But it's still fun to like break out every now and again. And I went through a stage where I was um, obsessed with NPCs and yeah, and I had like six of them. Shit, no, really? And, um, to, you know, but I would only use one. Yeah. Uh, so and like I would just, just have the rest, it. like, on a shelf <laughs> on the wall, just, just collecting dust. And so, you know about the gas, gear acquisition syndrome? No, That's but I feel like I have it. <laughs> it sounds like you got it. It's a thing, man, with producers and just, yeah, collecting gear, which is, you know, it's a great thing to do. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I, I guess, I like, I have a couple of friends that are real synth nerds, mm-hmm. and they're obsessed with buying synthesizers, and, and but they use them all. Yeah. But, and then I started to realize that a lot of the, the things that I was hoarding, I wasn't really using. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't really need all this stuff. Shift along. But I still have a pretty good DJ mixer collection that yeah, right. I've kept most of them. Stuff that you've used? Yeah. Yeah. yeah or yeah. just, um, like see something pop up online that's a collectible that i've sure. always wanted to have and I'll, I'll get that and i've actually been given a couple of, cool. of uh dj mixes that are pretty hard to get hold of but people have them in the back of the closet and oh man you should have this <laughs> <laughs> just appreciation for doing what you do yeah, yeah yeah that's sick um i actually was thinking uh of if you don't mind playing your um red bull three style uh mix from 2016. Oh yeah, the uh, sorry, the the five minute um, the submission submission one. one. Yeah, so yeah. so in order to get into three styles, you had to submit a mix online. Yeah. Um, and this was like a little five minute thing that I I put together for that. I think it was the first one that I did. It's a great little five minute thing. So this is Dames's uh, Red Bull submission from 2016. Hey, 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 let's listen to what we did today in the studio and take it home and listen to it. So it's sort of like a test, 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 test
I think I, I was sort of the king of the dollar records, man, you know? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go to the rock section. I'm gonna go to the kids section. I'm gonna go to like the spoken word section. Anyway, they're not, not, not. That's, 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 that's where I'm gonna be? Yeah, 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 that's right. While you were over there, I was over here and I found some really good this is one I found. Found. Oh, this is a great record. This is a really dope record.
Phenomenal ending. And uh, you can check that on YouTube, actually, on Dames' channel. Uh, the ending is really, really fun to watch. Um, props, man. That's a great submission there. Gotta love a bit of rage. Gotta love the bridge of rage. And just that transition from uh, Prodigy Diesel Power, which is one of my favorite songs of theirs, into... Uh, what was it? Picking... Hang about. Pick up the pieces. Yeah, yeah. Great transition. Yeah, like... Great genre jumping. Yeah, well, the 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 premise with three style is you have to use a minimum of three different genres for um, for your set. Yeah, and um, I I always have sort of gravitated to to kind of the heavier side of thing as well, like you know, a lot of metal and coming from the metal band. Yeah, background. and and the heavier sort of side of electronica as well. So, but also I I've got love for for everything like one of the mottos that I heard early on like if the music is good I'll play it yeah and that really stuck with me when I heard that yeah right I was like yeah it doesn't really matter what it is like why pigeonhole yourself to yeah. like to like oh I'm, I'm a house DJ or I'm a drum and bass DJ or I'm, it's like I, just, play I just play everything if it's good and I guess that that would have been cool when the mashup sort of genre came through to like with um Girl, girl talk. Girl talk yeah. was uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. So Z Trip probably could be credited with being the godfather of it, I guess. And then Girl right. Talk kind of took what he did and yeah. took it to another dimension, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even um, those did yacht club DJs, they, yeah. were, they were really good at it. They yeah. were huge. Yeah, I took a, and a lot of influence from that because it's and I still like people always like man, you're always jumping around genre to genre. Like, how do you think of it? I'm like, I don't know, just. What feels good? What feel? Yeah, what's gonna fit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So speaking of Z Trip, um, would you say he was amongst a few others that you found inspiration when you started DJing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's funny, like a lot of the Bay Area and San Francisco kind of, and Los Angeles, like guys from there. But yeah, like uh, Z Trip would be one of my biggest sort of inspirations with all sorts of of DJing. Um, yeah. DJ Shadow craze but he's from miami <laughs> um cubert i guess for the scratching thing because i was you know stupidly nerdy into that for a couple of years and just in like just scratching as well yeah. but yeah z trip would be definitely right right up there and um and then eventually getting to the point to be able to open for him a few times was just like oh this is this is really happening you said that I was, that's, uh, my next question was going to be what was uh, some moments that, that you sort of had to pinch yourself where you found yourself in these positions where you're supporting stuff so Z Troop I remember I think you said that um, you supported him at, at uh, Republic Bar yeah I um, got to do a few shows with him but the, the one at the Republic Bar was with um, my brother with Acumen mm. and that was sort of early on in, in our uh, in our career and he actually took the time out 
where he he actually went out into the crowd like chucked a hoodie on and a beanie on and like stood up against the wall that's like incognito and he watched the entire show and then and then he obviously got up and did his thing and then in the green room after after the gig he sat us down and gave us some like really exceptionally good advice on what what we did really well what we didn't do well what we could do better and yeah that really was like oh shit yeah that's huge like one of my idols actually giving me real <laughs> feedback and, having a conversation and, with yeah, you about your stuff yeah he, uh, yeah he he was definitely um and still to this i watch like tuning into his live streams all the time he's he's uh been pretty unlucky with covid he hasn't dj'd live in like over a year i think Wow, so but he does um, some pretty exceptional live streams. Someone that's done it his whole life, pretty, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. hectic. Um, yeah, and what? What? I'm curious. Like, what? At that time, when you probably got into it, like early 2000s, there was a lot of genres and a lot of DJing styles going on. What? What drew you to turntablism specifically and scratching and that sort of thing? Was there anything that if you um, cast your mind back? Yeah, like hearing. DJs and in bands. In bands? Yeah, like even like DJ Swamp was with Beck. Um, oh, shit, that's Slipknot had a DJ. Um, like obviously DJ Lethal from House of Pain, he joined um, oh, Limp Bizkit. Uh, I never knew that. Yeah. Right. He, it's funny because a lot of people don't know, know that because he was always like tucked away in the yeah. right back in the corner of the stage. But yeah, seeing, yeah, so that, sort of when DJs were sort of brought into the the band scene mm. as like members of the band and I was like oh that's cool what are they you're, doing you're in, you're playing in bands already yeah yeah, yeah. And I was like I like that yeah. that's, that's cool <laughs> and then I um I had a motorcycle accident and I was like laid up on the couch for like eight months and my flatmate at the time had turntables mm. and uh, he was right into like um, new breaks and and deep house and stuff and which I kind of am these days but at the time wasn't really my thing but then one day he came home with a scratch record and he's like oh check this out you should have a go at this and I was like yeah I've always wanted to do this like, give me a go give me a go and then um yeah when I had the uh, the accident he uh, set all the gear up on the coffee table for me and um, I just got right into learning how to scratch. Sick. And then also Medusa would come he br- would bring around his like drum machines and stuff and we'd just set up on the on the coffee table and jam and make beats and Oh man, that sounds like a great time. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like dude. having an excuse to sit there and just do it. Yeah. Eight hours a day is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, unreal. That's uh well thanks to your housemate who had the turntables because Yeah, shout outs Rex, we're still <laughs> Still very good mates to this day. Best, something best cool. man at his wedding, actually. He's uh, still one of my best friends. Oh, that's awesome. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, so playing music, um, being in bands, DJing, producing stuff on the side, jamming with your mates, these are all things that, I mean, I play a bit with my friend and stuff, and whenever I do, it's it's like, oh, this is some soul nourishing stuff like it's really you get some good vibes and good feelings playing just jamming music and you've managed to turn it into somewhat of a career and travel with it um firstly like how how do you find that experience like is that what keeps you motivated now uh almost 20 years after when you first started yeah it's pretty pretty when you when you said that earlier i was like oh shit it is nearly 20 years that's (laughs) yeah Um, just shy of 20 years yeah but yeah, obviously, I being in and around 
music of all sort of from all walks of life and and being in bands and having heaps of friends that are in bands or DJs or, or what like I li- I like to think that because some people might not think that DJs are like real musicians or sure. <laughs> however you want to put it or whatever but I yeah. I've always uh, had a real collaborative nature with with music I I like working with other people mm. and share like sharing the moment with everyone whether it be just you know in your home studio making stuff or or being on stage and sharing that process yeah or even just sharing it with the crowd as well and you know having that moment with everyone where everyone's just in the same moment couldn't care about what else is going on mm. in the world but everyone's enjoying that one oh man it's a pretty amazing thing to, yeah, be able to ex- create yeah extremely cathartic as well and yeah and yeah i've met some of the best people my greatest friends through music and mm. it's kind of a the glue that's held my life together for the <laughs> last 20 years i guess well yeah and i guess it's for me music is, is something that kind of makes life okay most of the time <laughs> do you know what i mean like it's pretty cool that you've been able to surround yourself in it yeah it's lot. it's definitely it can amplify the good like if you're feeling good mm. you can put on some great music have a great time if you're feeling down you can put on some music that you know helps you kind of understand what it's like to be feeling like that and yeah, yeah, yeah. and sometimes you can share those those moments with other people and and even like just having like one person come up to you after a gig or a show or and yeah and and say oh you know this really meant something to me it's just like well that makes it all worth it exactly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. you know wipes out everything else yeah and yeah. i think a lot of people that that have really thrown themselves deeply into music and not even tried to make a career out of it but that just live and breathe it mm. i think that they would would feel the same mm. like it it's if one person you know is Appreciates on is it. on your train then it's yeah. like yeah that's that's made it all worth it yeah yeah it gives you like um the confidence as well to keep doing it and yeah push yourself but back. also it's like in- incredible i feel like pretty lucky or blessed or however you want to want to put it to be able to you know see most of australia and and you know even perform in london a couple of times and no shit yeah so even like it's been pretty surreal at times to to realize that that music is what has got you driving force yeah 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 it's it's pretty surreal at times oh congratulations man because that's yeah that's thank you that's absolutely cool as uh, a lot of things (laughs) um yeah, we were talking earlier, and you mentioned um, when you were traveling around, you got to support uh, Briggs. Yeah. I wanted you to talk about a little bit about that. Was, that was, uh, so Briggs uh, hosted the first three-style battle that I went in. Right. He was the, the host MC of, of the night. And um, a couple of weeks later, he hit me up on Twitter, and his DJ at the time was focusing heavily on his solo stuff, and he's like, oh, you know, I need a new tour DJ. Do you want to... Do you want to come and do it? I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hell yeah, it's <laughs> huge. Because um, he he was sort of on on the it was uh, for the Shep Life album, yeah, that he did, which was sort of really through his music, like a more into the spotlight, I guess. And yeah, got to to go up to Shepparton and hang out with him for a week and like build a live show with him, and then you know tour the country with him, and that just really opened up a lot of doors for me as well also just opened my eyes to a lot of things in australia that i you know and him being you know pretty prominent um 
advocate for like his Aboriginality and like getting that out into the the mainstream and and having focus put on it and for like a middle class white dude from Hobart I was thrown into some situations that I'd I'd, you know never expected that I would be in and just loved every second of it and really appreciated him sort of taking me under his wing in that sense and and you did some uh some work in the, the juvenile yeah, uh, we did. It was we got to go to the Reby Youth Detention Centre in New South Wales. We um, that was for a, a Vice documentary, actually. Oh, legit. Yeah, it was called. I think it was three part docu- doco thing that they did called Breaking the Chain. I think it was from memory. Yeah. Uh, and it was so the first part was you know their incarceration. Uh, oh, sorry, the, uh, and then the second part was. Uh, you know, after they'd left prison or whatever Came and trying to be society. reassimilated into yeah. society and stuff. So, yeah, we, we went to Reby for a full day with a, fil- a vice film crew and, you know, went all around the facility meeting the the, the young fellows that were in there. And um, we did a performance at the end of the day and, like, a little workshop sort of thing. They would have loved that. Yeah, yeah, they did. It was pretty... Uh, yeah, pretty hard as well to just see how, because I, I, you know, was completely bloody ignorant to yeah. a lot of it. From Tassie, yeah. Yeah, and then going there, he's like, yeah, this is how it is for us. You know, yeah, this, shit. and that was re- sort of a real, real big eye-opener for me. It was like, oh, man, yeah. they, they get treated awfully. And to see, like, um, <coughs> young fellows that would be in there and have sort of a family and and people in there that cared about them and a roof over their head and three meals a day and they'd get out and they'd just reoffend so they could get, go straight back in there because they felt like they had a better life in there because they had people you know hectic yeah yeah and and sit you know <coughs> sitting like in a games room with like a, a young playing ex like fifa with a, a young dude that was just about to be shipped off to like real prison you know and, and just yeah it was yeah. Pretty, yeah it was was uh yeah kind of still makes me pretty yeah sad to this day just thinking about about that day but it it was really nice to be able to show or help briggs i guess because he he also has had his own trials and tribulations through life and he's you know a big inspiration to a lot of a lot of those kids and it was nice to be able to to see him mm. you know Mm. showing that you can make something of it yeah it's really cool mm. and i think they when we were there they had like it was nearly 90 percent of the population was indigenous so it was dude yeah it was uh, and it's still like you know nothing's changed it's still yeah for sure that's great but yeah when got got the opportunities to do a lot of a lot of really cool things with with bricks mm that's that's so cool man that's really cool um and yeah well okay what a what an experience that would have been um so in doing that that's that's obviously in collaborating with other people that's kept you fresh and kept you motivated to to keep driving your your career and your experiences with music um and you're doing that with a lot of a lot of younger dudes in Hobart as well. Um, yeah. So in the last couple of years, I've maybe taken a, a sort of self-enforced hiatus from things a bit. Mm-hmm. Like still would do 
stick my my fingers back in here mm. and there. Oh, but then recently, like um, working, yeah, with some, like playing in bands again has been really good. Like playing bass with Swaz in his band because I I've DJed for Swaz for quite uh, Swaz Benjamin for quite a while, and then he he decided that for his album launch he wanted to get a live band together, so he got a live band together like two years ago. And yeah, we've we've kind of been doing a lot of lot of gigs since then, and also working with Dundee again after his he did his album. So he got me to do some um, some cuts on the album. Yeah, and then him obviously also coming from a, a live band background, he wanted to to form a big band. I think there's seven of us <laughs> in his band. Dude, you're all over it. That's unreal. So um, yeah, so get really appreciate those guys sort of you know reaching out. And it wasn't even from like a DJ perspective. They're like, come play bass and come and do backups and yeah, sing and <laughs> get on the mic. Yeah. So that and then and then um, <laughs> realized that like actually yeah I'm I'm gonna come back a bit more so refreshed. Kind of drew, and, yeah, drew and then uh, working with young producer called Lockie on on a couple of his things recently has been really good. Yeah, Lockie and Francis is the the seasons. I heard that that those scratches he threw on that cut, which is yeah. So that was a little uh, beat tape he think he did to sort of get his because he's you know extremely talented beat maker. Mm. He's also an extremely talented rapper as well, uh, and that's sort of a, a tape that he did. Um, did I think he did two beats for each season in uh, in what it feels like for each season to be in Tassie and. Um, and I did scratches on it, everyone. A little bit of a Tasmanian Vivaldi going on. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was so. That was uh, another sort of um, big motivator as well. Yeah. And then um, Big Grills. Big Grills moved in with me for a while. Um, he's uh, he. I think it was about eight months we lived together, and he's just being around that guy. You can't help but get motivated. Sure. Like he just. Yeah. He just motivates everyone around him to do <laughs> bigger and better things. Um, so yeah, he he uh, he injured himself last year and then ended up getting kind of stuck on the mainland and then came back and moved in with me with his partner Denny. And um, yeah, just being around those guys and and how spontaneous and creative they are, just they're constantly doing stuff. Mm, mm. So being so close around it i couldn't help but get motivated you get drawn then, in sort of thing yeah and then uh performing with those guys as well and trying you know building a show in and around um them and and uh to sort of push Greeley's last album and and denny's ep and that was that was also a massive massive motivator he's a he's a bit of an enigma that guy he can't can't help but want to do things and he if if you say oh, i want to do this he, he'll just push you to hard sure you in do that it. direction to do it yeah that's like, that's unreal to have someone no excuses you got to do it now yeah yeah you said you were going to do it so you got to do it <laughs> oh that's inspiring man yeah he 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 has that effect and that's kind of a big part of his platform that he does with um the tasmanian hip-hop collective thc yeah which um I was around for the inception of like years and years and years ago, but it, that was ju- it was just more of a name that we had for for everyone that did it. Right. Whereas he took it on board and made a turned into a, a, a real thing. platform to to showcase Tasmanian hip hop artists under, and has a very successful like YouTube channel doing that now. And he 
he's constantly you know f- finding people out of the woodwork and pushing them to like make videos and make oh, songs man. and props to him and it's yeah it's he's, really cool. he really pushes people quite hard yeah yeah um and i was actually watching some of those uh the rap battles uh on the thc channel and i noticed dundee was battling um i think it's the psych ward dudes um, yeah so grills himself battled for quite a while and um dundee did as well dundee's probably one of uh well both of them are actually probably you know top five australian battle rappers easily yeah they've definitely uh, put in the, the time for it yeah, yeah. And, and um dundee's lucky enough to he's he's battled in canada and england and south africa wow yeah so he he's, he took it hope i represent <coughs> yeah yeah he <laughs> took it he took it pretty far and um yeah even when Greeley was into the the battle thing he would push that really hard and and get events happening all around the country he, he calls it going on the lurk so he would, <laughs> he would just like go and see what's yeah up. just go to a different state and catch there for a while and just he just makes things happen so what a dude yeah um and we we're talking earlier so you've got these these rap personas and you really got to bring it when they're in battle um and i liken that to the intros of the dj bringing it back to the dj work you're really pushing yourself when you when you sort of turntabling the competitions and stuff um does that help with like doing festivals and stuff we got all these people like obviously there would be nerves you'd have to have to deal with those so does that, that kind of thing help bring out that persona like how do you do yeah, yeah um yeah with with battling and competing you know you really got to sell yourself you like Mm. you're there to win mm. like i'm here to eat your children <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing you're bringing it large yeah, yeah. um so you c- i think i would probably actually get used to get more nervous before battles and stuff than i have at bigger shows but i think the getting used to the nerves of, of the competitions and stuff would kind of just throw over to the to bigger shows it's like i got this yeah i can do this I yeah, can, yeah. You know, i'm here to entertain and i'll i'll get up and do what i do i yeah. know i know it's gonna be good so yeah yeah because you've got experience behind you yeah done it before. I, I think that's always because it's it healthy to have that that right that slight bit of nerves i think it can actually work in your favor yeah because there's nothing worse than being overconfident no and, way. yeah and um yeah, like in a competition, getting overconfident and getting your ass kicked, and you just like, <laughs> tail between your legs. Walk away, there you go. Get on the plane, go home, and <laughs> that didn't work out like I wanted it to. I was listening to a podcast with um, on the Conan show, and he was talking with Eric Andre about how creatives deal with um, the nerves and and that whole thing. And it's yeah, they said it's it's healthy to have that that nervous wreck beforehand because if you're not having that, then it's almost like a, a ricochet you get from those nerves place, and you hit it, and it just pushes you out of that. Yeah. into that performance stage sort of thing. Yeah, it it can be quite quick mm. in, in, a, in a show sense. Like you could get over the nerves pretty quickly and be in the zone all of a sudden yeah. or it can take a little bit to get to. But once you you have got through it and you are in the zone, it's really you're like, I think because you've already got that heightened adrenaline from being yeah. nervous yeah. that that then feeds into a, a positive outcome. Like yeah, you, you use the adrenaline to like really smash it out of the park yeah it's a cool thing man. it's a cool thing um and, and some advice z trip gave me was mm. he's like if you're ever really nervous 
He's like, maybe ha- have a beer. He's like, don't have two. <laughs> like, just have one and calm the nerves a little bit. Because yeah, get, don't get pissed for it. Yeah, don't get yeah. That's that's something that no one should ever do. No. But and people have different things that they do to try and calm their nerves before shit. Like you see, some people pacing up and f- back and forth, or right, yeah. Some people listen to tunes, or yeah, I I read a lot actually. Like I'll find some blog on my phone and just before a show, yeah, just sit there and read, zone some, out, yeah, get in your comfy place, like, tech blog or something, <laughs> <laughs> leave some comments. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. That's um. Uh, I want to talk a bit about um, equipment again and the transition of formats. Like you've you've been DJing from from the dawn of transitions of formats, like going from turntables to yeah. Uh, when CD. I when I first started um, doing it professionally uh, in clubs and big parties and stuff, was it was all vinyl, mm. and, and you know we were all living on meagering. <laughs> Spending all our spending all our money on 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 vinyl and <laughs> to afford that two songs on one yeah, vinyl <laughs> and you know go to the record store on a, on a Friday when you knew that the shipment would drop and you'd be in the room wow. with like twenty other DJs all kind of so cool eyeing each other off like I'm gonna get it <laughs> I'm gonna get it and then you know that sort of moved into uh, when CDJs came out and people were were able to do the same sort of thing with CDs and they could you could burn your own sort of mix CDs and, and do it that way. Um, Can I just interrupt and give a shout out to Nick Orm um, for Rough Cut Records? Yeah, and, uh, and Tommy Ray for sure. And, oh, yeah. And uh, Rob Spin FX was the... And Grotty used to work there too. Yeah. And he still still does out in Moona, I think, at Rough Cut. Uh, Crixus does. Uh, sorry, Crixus, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's embarrassing. That's oh, right. There's <laughs> a lot of weird rap names to remember. Well, I was younger then as well. But um, yeah, and then that moved into CDJs and and that sort of thing. And then the CDJs eventually, you could, you know, just download an MP3 mm. and chuck them into the Stick CDJ. Yeah. And then um, Serato came along, where you could, you know, plug your laptop into your traditional turntable setup, and all basically any sound that you can get onto your laptop, you could cut up and scratch yeah. and mix mix on on a traditional sort of DJ setup bring back that feel that you were used to yeah, yeah. and um, it's funny because each sort of um, you know era that would come through would get shunned by the pr- the purists of the previous mm-hmm. era like when <laughs> when CDJs came out all the vinyl dudes were like no that's cheating <laughs> yeah. and then it would go to when it went to computers and stuff even the cdjs were like oh that's cheating what are you doing yeah Yeah. and even now (coughs) the software keeps getting updated and and can do all sorts of crazy things now and and even people oh that's cheating like cheating what yeah it's (laughs) it's a weird thing (laughs) it is like a video game that you'll never finish but i don't really feel that you can (laughs) good analogy yeah Yeah. (laughs) i don't really feel that you can um cheat at it no it's whatever you do, works. you do sort of people do get caught out like playing pre-recorded sets at festivals and stuff or whatever but they don't those sorts of people don't generally last very long no <coughs> no but um i think it's you know the constant update of of the formats that we can do it in and, and the technologies is is nothing but refreshing like in well said well said and you can um yeah people 
come through with new techniques that have never sort of been thought of before. It's like, oh, that! How did he do that? Mm. Or how did she do that? Yeah, like, and it's it's these tools that they're updating the gear with that allow us to, yeah, really sort of flex it. Now you can. There's not much you can't do these days. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes to from goes. here because it's it's almost to the point where it's like, what more could they they, yeah. they do to this? But it's it's really up to your imagination now what you want to do with your sets and yeah and also um like production software on computers and stuff has has become a a lot cheaper yeah for sure b easier to use and now uh, a lot of djs are also producers in their own right you know and yeah i I had like editing stuff for battles and you know i got to and making beats myself and you kind of learn all sorts of techniques just through the the increase in the technology just builds better musicians really absolutely and it's almost a given now that to to be a dj and to have a name for yourself you've got a it helps to be a producer as well and have your own tracks behind you yeah it's almost like a 100 percent. it's um yeah you need to have something extra Mm. you can't just have a, a, a good taste in music no and it helps to have a following of say 10k on your Instagram. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah, the social media thing is um kind of a double-edged sword because mm-hmm. people can like it's almost necessary, mm. but sometimes people can get too focused in that world and not on mm. the music itself. I guess. Well, that's yeah, that's the time. That's the time we live in, unfortunately. Yeah, the, the socials are. And al- but also it was. It's been really interesting with the advent of COVID because all the gigs went. No mm. one, no one was able to perform, so everyone was like having to do live streaming. True, switching put, to online. Yeah, put videos online. And yeah, I had I did live streams during. I had heaps of fun. It was yeah, yeah. yeah. There was um the Fresh Rotations guys. I did saw it. Yeah. yeah, they they put really together cool. a little format down here and, and shout out to the Fresh Rotation guys. Yeah, and supported the scene down here by giving people a platform to be able to mm. still you know dj on yeah it's a it's that's an amazing place to be able to do it yeah um i wanted to ask the beat sync button sync <laughs> <laughs> the sync argument yeah for those that don't know uh when you're mixing you know like adjusting the pitch and speed of one song to the other and it it's a, a technique called beat matching which the purists would would argue that you know it's a huge huge part of of djing which it is and the technology's made it so that you can just kind of hit a button and it will match the tempos mm-hmm. and make it a lot easier to to put them together but essentially cutting out the dj yeah <laughs> need and there's a, there's a good interview with craze where he's talking you know he's like i know i can do that you know i don't need to prove to anyone that i can do that and it's just it takes out a you know you know 20 second part of of each mix that you know you don't have to do and that gives you time and a bit of freedom to flex doing other things over the over the top and i remember i was even like no that's cheating yeah (laughs) (laughs) for a while there and then i remember when i um yeah i started using it i was like no it it does it gives gives you the ability to do like live looping and a bit more scratching or jump on the mic a bit or Gives you time to branch out and do. So yeah, I think it's another one of those things that came along that was really shunned at first, but now it's everywhere and embraced, and everyone does it. And you know, you see Craze and A Track and these 
guys that have, you know, they've been there, they've done it. They've been, yeah, yeah, they've they've cemented themselves as yeah. kings of the trade, and if they're doing it, it's like, well, why shouldn't <laughs> everyone else be doing it? Absolutely. And it it also, you know, there's not nothing worse than hearing a DJ just completely train wrecking something when you ha- when you're on the dance floor and you're having a good time, and, and then kills everything. Yeah, and then just the vibe just goes yeah. out of the room, and everyone's like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I and then, and also it, um, <coughs> with like key sync and stuff, you can the same way that you know. I, I just want to transpose this from you know to a higher key or whatever. You can do that with DJing now. Yeah, yeah. It's like I would prefer if this song was actually in this key. Just to hit that button because I want to take this this sort of guitar riff out of this and put it over these drums, but it's. If I need to shift it to this key for it to be, you know, sound sound good harmonically across the ears. good, yeah, yeah. yeah, and you can do that now, yeah, which just makes for better DJing and better experience for the crowd, yeah, and better music, and yeah. So it is. You're right. It's all these tools that ex- help expand your you know, toolkit when you're DJing and your music. Yeah, you're not going to go to a building site and <laughs> some dudes being like, "Oh, he's not using a hand drill," <laughs> like. <laughs> Uh, he's not using a hammer. Yeah. yeah, like I'm a purist. You got to use that hammer. Yeah, what's with the nail gun, dude? <laughs> yeah. uh, use your elbow grease, mate. What are you? Yeah, so it, yeah, I, I, yeah, I use it. Yeah, I think everyone I know uses it. Yeah, unless obviously I, I'm, you know, break out, break out the wax and mix in vinyl or whatever, and you can't do it then. Hear all the crackles and hisses and everything, and someone bumps the table and the needle jumps and yeah, scratches a record that you don't want to be scratched. That would that would always suck. Oh yeah, you're playing live and your you, your golden record gets scratched. Yeah, and even like back in the day, if you wanted to do real sort of tricky stuff, with you would have to buy two copies of the same record. Mm, the juggling sort of stuff. Yeah, now you can you know buy an MP3 for two dollars and have as many copies of it as you want load it twice yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i think it's just made things easier and better yeah absolutely for the greater good of it the greater good um you're on r&b with creamy g tonight my guest dames coming in and chatting about his all oh, just shy of 20 year dj career coming from h-town itself a man that's that's pushed a lot and given a lot to hobart musically and an absolute dude um, got a few minutes left. I did ask uh, Dames to ring or just to recommend a track that he wanted to play. Um, but before we do that, I've just got a little gift for you, man, because uh, I really appreciate no, you, you coming in. I did. <laughs> Nothing too special, but... Uh... Oh, just hit the mic with it. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, boy. There you wow. Go, Across the room there. Creamy G's just passed me a, uh, a mix CD. Adam F and DJ Craze Drum and Bass Warfare I remember I messaged you about you this did. I did yeah 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 uh, this was a collaboration yeah between Big Ad- uh, Drum and Bass dude Adam F and it was when DJ Craze was, was getting right into the drum and bass thing and it's pretty much the uh, the king of drum and bass it's a mad mix mix. CDs basically yeah, yeah. oh wow <laughs> I'm glad that's. I wish I had a CD player in my <laughs> car so I could play this on the way home. Uh, yeah, right. The uh, yeah, it doesn't have one. Uh, yeah, all the bells and whistles in a fancy car, but it, you can't play a CD. Uh huh. Um, 
It's funny, I actually wanted to chat a bit about that time around the early, well, I think that was early, mid-2000s, something like that, um, when, like, the Blade soundtrack came out and the Spawn soundtrack came out. Yeah. These these soundtracks and and CDs and compilations and stuff that came out were mashing genres of, like, heavy, heavy, like, bands with, like, rappers and drum and bass with rappers and... It was a really cool time. Yeah, because this has got like Guru and Farrah Munch on it. Yeah, MOP yeah. and... Hello yeah. Cool J, but over like real heavy... <laughs> drum and bass and really know, good Apocalyptic stuff. like drum and bass. Or it's kind of like War of the World sort of stuff. Ah, yeah. it's so good. So yeah, I thought I'd... Uh, bring that <laughs> wow, in. thanks man. That's awesome. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming in, man. It's no been, worries. Um, My pleasure. Been really cool. I reckon we'll, we'll sound off with a few minutes of uh, Night from Benga and Koki. Um, before we do go, is there anything you've got in the pipelines coming up that you wanted to chat about or are you you're just chilling, taking things as they come? No, get, getting back into um, playing clubs again now that they're um, opening yeah. up. and bit of life going on. Yeah, uh, Wombat's on tour at the moment and got, things are trying to get to as many of his shows that I can to, to back him up. Sick. Shout out to Wombat too. He's, he's um, uh, yeah, an enigma. <laughs> yeah. I've seen. Uh, yeah, I'm... Um, got a little feature on someone's album coming up which Ooh. is which is something to look out for because that's a like a proper mc dj collab track that that we've cool. you know, put a lot of work into watch uh, this space yeah watch this space yeah brother thanks so much for your time man i really appreciate Cheers. it talking to us all about your your s- such colorful career in, in djing um take it away chat to you again soon thank you for having me i really appreciate it absolute pleasure man R&B with Creamy G, my guest tonight, Damesa, and right here with Benga and Koki, taking off the uh, the show with Night. Classic. Absolute classic. Catch you next week. <laughs>